Hello, everybody. This is Father Will Schmid, joined with... Father Matt Lowry. And we're the Northern Fathers, and this is our podcast. And today is the fourth Sunday of Lent, also known as Laetare Sunday. Laetare is the first uh, word in Latin from the Mass of today, the introit, which is the entrance antiphon, and it means rejoice. We actually have a command from God in our liturgy today to rejoice. And I don't know how you feel about that command, Father Matt, but right now that is a tough pill to swallow, right? A tough command. We've got the coronavirus going crazy. Um, we're all in social distancing and quarantine. And we're, we have people are dying. We have great economic uncertainty. Uh, I didn't sleep well last night. I, I just really struggled. And so it's just hard to wake up this morning and to see that command and be like, uh, Lord, I don't really want to rejoice right now, you know? Um, ah, Father Matt, what are, you, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I, I think, you know, joy is different than a feeling, um, that joy is something we, when we have what we desire, when we possess what we desire, and um, it transcends kind of how I'm feeling today, or even what's happening in my life, um, but that there's something present that's that gives me a reason to rejoice. And And what do we have? But we have the Lord with us, the Lord at work. I have the ability to enter into a deeper conversation, relationship with the Lord, and and maybe that's enough for us. It sounds like you're kind of getting at this idea that joy is a choice and even a mindset. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that, and you know, and so it causes me to acknowledge what I'm feeling, but then kind of step back and say, what is, what is Sunday? What do we celebrate? That every Sunday is a, another Easter. It's a, a chance to rejoice in what God has done and is doing in my life, um, that he's trying to make all things new, that, that after six days of creation, God rested. And, and he, it's an invitation for us to rest. And, and maybe, maybe all our days are kind of blending together and they all look the same, <laughs> but, but maybe there's, there's some sort of invitation today that how can this day be set apart as different? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, we are dispensed obviously, uh, from the obligation to be present, um, to the Sunday celebration of the Eucharist, right? The Holy sacrifice of the mass We're dispensed from that, but we're not dispensed from the divine law that we are to honor the Sabbath, right? So we, we don't have to honor the Sabbath by going to Mass today because, um, you know, of all the safety concerns for everyone that's out there. But Sunday is still the Lord's Day, whether we go to Mass or not today, you know? And I know a lot of families are choosing to, like, live stream a Mass today, or maybe they're going to watch EWTN, or they're going to watch the Diocese of Phoenix Mass, or maybe they're going to watch ours later today. But even if you don't have to, Sunday is still Sunday, and there's still an obligation in us to, to rejoice today and to treat this day differently. Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's a challenge, especially when all the days kind of look alike, as you were saying. Yeah. So, what can we do to make today different? <laughs> I don't know, man. Every day has been actually felt like a Sunday for us. Uh, you know, people people have been asking, "What are you guys doing at the rectory? Are you going stir crazy?" And it's like, uh, actually, no. We uh, we've developed a, a healthy routine of uh, praying together every morning and every night. We've got a healthy routine of we eat two meals together each day. We're, uh, we're doing a podcast each day, so we're doing a spiritual conversation together, and we're celebrating Mass, and 
we even have, we've been doing some like leisurely activities. So like at night we've been uh, slowly, cause it's a very long endeavor, but we're making our way through the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for all the Christian symbolism <laughs> And thankfully, Father Will's there. You're there to help me see it because I, I don't always see it. Well, I mean, you have to work at it with Tolkien. It's a little more obvious with C.S. Lewis, but uh, but it's been fun. We, you know, Father Matt, myself, and Father Dan Vanio, we've just been the last couple of nights just making our way through the fellowship. And so I, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question for us. Like, how are we going to make today different? And and a great question for families at home. How are they going to make today different? How are they going to celebrate Sunday and and find a way to rejoice? So maybe, maybe some of the things you mentioned there would be helpful, you know, to, if, if we haven't, that being intentional about having meals together today. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you know, watching one of the masses or for sure, um, maybe even praying the readings together, like read through the readings and just kind of discuss them. Have, you know, parents, maybe you're about to lead your first Bible study ever today, <laughs> you know, and, but those are your first disciples, your children. And you have a three-year-old as a part of this. <laughs> uh, welcome to my, no, 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 they're a little different than college students. <laughs> they, uh, but, and, and we don't have to be experts, but it's just like, hey, what do you think? What do you notice? What, um, yeah. what does this make you think of? Um, that, that, that's what it means to have a spiritual conversation. Um, I, I know one of the topics that kind of comes from the readings to me today is, is uh, it's foreshadowing of baptism, that these readings are really revealing baptism. So maybe, maybe parents, you, do, what do you remember from the day of your children's baptism? Yeah. Or what does baptism mean? Have you, have you seen an infant baptized recently? Or Do you or, even know the date? Yeah, maybe, maybe it's looking up the date. <laughs> if we could see if we could find it and just try to commit that to memory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, baptism uh, gets dismissed quite a bit, and but it's all over the scriptures. I mean, that concept of baptism is—it's like our gospel today is saturated with it. You know, he has him wash. He has the blind man wash in the pool of Siloam, uh, which is interesting because the pool of Siloam is like a—it's a—it's a cutout. It's a cutout in rock to catch the waters from the Gihon Spring. Uh, and the Gihon Spring, the Jews believed, was one of the, the rivers, the waters from Eden. And so there's this sense of Jesus spitting in the ground, you know, and uh, like mixing his, his own water, his own saliva with the mud to, uh, to rub into this man and in a sense recreate him, just as God kind of created Adam from the clay. And in fact, a lot of pious Jewish traditions held that God spit into the ground and that's how he made Adam. So Jesus is like recreating and he, this man and he has him wash and it's, it's just loaded with baptism. And we see that all throughout scriptures and, and all of us have received baptism. Like we've, we've actually experienced what the blind man experienced. Um, and, but I think sometimes we forget about what that did for us, how important that is in our life, um, how we're called to remember that. And, and celebrate that. And maybe even just having a conversation with your kids about baptism, <laughs> you know, um, because they, most of us don't remember when we were baptized, we were baptized as infants, you know? So sharing with them your memories from their baptism, especially if they cried throughout the whole thing, I think it's good <laughs> to let them know. Uh, and then if they said, Oh mom, dad, I'm so sorry. I cried. Just say, no, it's okay. It, it hurts when original sin is being like purified out of you. <laughs> yeah. But you really, the, the whole gospel theme, you, the, the man born blind that now he can see after this encounter with Jesus that, you know, we call Lent the time of a uh, period of purification and enlightenment that our journey with Christ is, is one of constant enlightenment to, 
to be able to see more clearly all the time. And it's, it's funny because we, I think of like when you're in darkness, you, you don't know you're in darkness. Like when you, you can't see the truth that you, you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Until, and when, until yeah, the Lord reveals. And when that light hits you for the first time, it like it's blinding. Like you want it to go away. It's only once you like settle in and adjust. But you almost feel um, there's like an awakening, right? That um, Plato has an analogy of the cave and he doesn't realize he's in a cave and that the shadows he's seeing on the wall are not reality, but an, um, a reflection of reality or just a dim image of it. And then when you see the light, you're sometimes you can get frustrated and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how silly and dumb I was that I didn't see things so clearly before. But, but I really believe that enlightenment, that uh, awareness is always a grace. Yeah. And so as the Lord, the Lord wants to continue to enlighten us and we don't need to get down on our old past selves and, but instead to say, Lord, thank you for what you're doing now. Yeah. And maybe in, in light of all of this, brute, um, Sorry, that was a bad joke. Uh, I do that sometimes. But maybe in light of all of this, having a conversation with your family or whoever you're in social isolation with, um, just about where they're seeing the Lord. Uh, where are you seeing the Lord? Where are they seeing the Lord um, in this time together? Uh, and maybe we need to pray a little bit. Maybe God is revealing himself to us, but we're not noticing it. And so maybe today we can spend a little extra time in prayer discerning where God is present to us, how he's revealing himself to us, and then sharing that with another. Like faith sharing is really important. And I think we, we under, undervalue that, especially with our kids. Sometimes our, our, our kids see us doing things like going to mass, you know, or dropping the envelope in the, in the basket or see us praying the rosary, but they might not understand what it means to us in our heart and so I think it's important to share with our family members, especially our children, like how God is touching our hearts and, and our experience of the Lord. And it opens their heart to be able to pay attention to see what God is trying to do in them. Yeah, is, and we show while at home, is, is, is our faith just something we do on Sundays, going to Mass? And, and if we're not going to Mass today, does it have anything, is it relevant at all? Yeah, and I think there's a great temptation because we're dispensed from the obligation to be like, oh, oh, I don't have to go to Mass today. All right, what are we going to watch on Netflix today? You know, uh, which is what some people did yesterday and the day before and the day before, you know. Um, I also think some kind of activity together would be really beautiful. You know, I think on one of our other podcasts, we mentioned like doing a puzzle together or uh, playing a game together or something like that. Maybe that's something that we could do today. We have some board games. We have Scrabble, <laughs> Settlers of Catan. I haven't seen any puzzles in the house. Oh, yeah. I don't think we have any puzzles. <laughs> but but some kind of a game, some kind of an edifying activity that's unique, that's different, that um, that allows us to to share time together and enjoy each other's presence and company, you know? You know, I, yeah, yeah. I think activity is a great idea. And um, I just had another idea about conversations, you know. Sure. It just, the, the second reading talks about you know, exposing the works of darkness, bringing things to light. And I, I think sometimes we're afraid of bringing up topics because we're, we're afraid of what other people are going to say. So, <laughs> so parents are they're afraid to bring up, you know, if you were to ask your kids, hey, how do you, how do you feel that we're not going to mass today? <laughs> that, that, there, that there might be a lot of kids that say, we're happy. Yay! <laughs> like we, we find mass boring. And, 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 you know, I mean, that's just, it's just the kids being honest and, yeah. And I think we want to give our children freedom to be honest and, and to act, let's bring that to light. Let's talk about that. Like, um, 
and and to actually give them space where they don't have to hide that, but that they have the freedom to bring everything to light to their parents who who want to hear that. And that challenges us to be willing to hear the difficult stuff. Um, and in that space, after listening well, maybe there's a, an opportunity for for us to share our faith with them to say, you know, I hear what you're saying, and and you know, I've experienced a lot of that. I've been bored at mass too, you know. But but what can I share with you? What I get out of it now, or where I find the where I find God at work when I go to mass now. For me, I just really find a lot of peace in blank, you know. Yeah. Well, and you're right. If 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 they don't have an opportunity to talk about that, if they don't have an opportunity to process that, especially with you, their parent, they're always going to be bored with it. They're going to remain in that boredom. Um, and sometimes we have to get things out in the open and and confront them as painful, as uncomfortable, as awkward as that might be. We have to confront those things in order to to learn to appreciate, you know, because I think we take things for granted. I even think kids take mass for granted sometimes or adults do for sure. But I think we take that for granted. And, and maybe during this time of not being able to go to mass, it might actually awaken this desire that actually is within people. Uh, that they want to go to mass, that if they search the depths of their hearts, they want to go. And maybe after a conversation with your kids, even if initially they're like, yeah, we were, we're excited. We don't have to go. They might actually reveal that deep down inside they want to go and they might discover that in conversation with you. And that's going to have a huge, huge impact in their life. Because when we discover something for ourselves, there's this desire in ourselves to make it our own, you know? Yeah. I, I have a totally tangential thought. <laughs> This, he, just so you all know, Father Matt does this to me all the time. Okay, but it's all right. Go ahead, go go crazy. Well, it, it, it's 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 related, I think. But it, um, I just think of you know enlightenment, and you see something that you didn't see before. It reminds me of um, there's a there's a, a YouTube video out there called 180, and it's about the serious topic of abortion. And this guy, he goes around the beach. And he's just asking people, hey, what do you think about abortion? And every single person, I mean, he's editing the video the way he wants to, but every single person responds and says, well, it's a woman's right and, and it's fine and all this stuff. And he starts asking them questions. He has a line of questioning. He takes them down. And 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 I remember in particular, there's this one girl and she's standing there she, and she's answering the questions and she's really defensive about abortion. And as he asks questions, he says, you know, yeah, and under what conditions would it be okay? So you're saying, when would it be okay? It's okay to kill a baby in the womb when? And then, and all of a sudden she pauses and she says, never. And he wow. says, did you just change your, your view on abortion? And she says, you know, I've never really thought about it. Yeah. And, and so, so even though she was able to spout the responses and answers, she had never really processed it and thought about it. And I think about that. But once you see the truth that, say, the unborn child, like this is a human life and human lives are worth preserving. And there's never a reason to take a child's life that it's so clear. And I think as the Lord enlightens us, it's like that. It's like a light bulb going on. And all of a sudden you see it so clearly and there's other people around us who, who don't see it so clearly, and we're patient and love them as the Lord does. But for me, that's an example of an enlightenment, and maybe even a topic of, you know, maybe you don't want to bring that up today, but you know, that, <laughs> but but to not be afraid of these things. Yeah. That, that when our children disagree with us on serious topics like that, and we're like, I don't understand, I don't know how to convince them. It's not our job to convince them. Maybe it's our job to listen to them and to ask them a lot of questions, and that eventually they'll be able to see it when the Lord gives them that grace. 
Yeah. And just as it's your job to go off on a tangent, it's my job to kind of bring everything back. So <laughs> um, I, I actually think this very much does relate to our gospel today because at the beginning of the gospel, the question that's posed to Jesus is, hey, we've got this man, he's been born blind. Like, whose fault is it? Is it his sin or is it, is it his parents' sin? So there's this concept that like either he's to blame for his blindness or his parents are. And Jesus says, uh, neither. Like Jesus just kind of takes... Um, he just changes the way they view things and he introduces topics and ideas that people have never thought about. And it just transforms the way they see reality. You know, if they're willing to listen to Jesus, right? They're willing to embrace what Jesus is trying to say to them or show them, you know? That, that makes me think of just our larger context in the world right now. It's why is this happening? You know, like why is, why does evil exist? And, and, and Jesus doesn't really answer that, but he does say, it is so that the works of God might be made visible. Yeah. It, it, why does God allow anything bad and difficult to happen? We don't know. Yeah. We, we don't know that. But what we do know is that God allows it so that he can do something even bigger and better. Yeah. God has this knack of being able to take like the worst things and turning them into the greatest blessings. Like I, I, I tell people this all the time about the crucifix. Like when you walk into a church and you see a crucifix, what you're looking at objectively is a dead guy nailed to two pieces of wood. But nobody walks into a Catholic church and says, you know, that's how it grows. People walk in and they see the crucifix and they go, oh, wow, that's so beautiful, right? Because what they see is not the dead guy nailed to two pieces of wood. What they see is the resurrection. They see, actually see the redemption that, that was brought forth from that sacrifice and I think that's important because God took the death of his son. He took a Roman horrible execution of him, of his son and turned it into the greatest blessing that human, humankind could ever experience. Like redemption, salvation, you know? This is like God's expertise in taking bad situations and turning them into the greatest blessings, you know? So anytime we face evil, we like God tells us again over and over in Scripture, be not afraid. Like we shouldn't be afraid because... God can use this to do something amazing, you know? Yeah, how high his ways are above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. Yeah. And so I don't, I know I don't see things, like I don't know how I don't see things clearly, but I just know that I don't. And so my prayer is also united, like with Jesus at the end, you know, that I know I'm still blind in a lot of ways and I hope God is just patient with me and helps me to see more and more. Yeah, and I think sometimes we work too hard in the moment to try to find an answer. And again, if we turn to the scriptures, we see the apostles heard Jesus preach. They watched him perform miracles, and they still didn't understand. And it wasn't until later when the Holy Spirit enlightened their minds that they were able to understand. And so I think sometimes in the moment we want an immediate answer, and I think that's us trying to take control of the situation. And we just have to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. And enlighten us after the fact and just keep focusing on Jesus, you know? And so maybe that's the overarching like thought today is where can I find Jesus in my home today in a special way? Where can, um, where can he be discovered today? You know, maybe some extra prayer about that and maybe trying some things with the family. I don't know. Yeah. And just to ask the Lord, Lord, show me, help me to see what you want me to do. Help me to see things as you see them. Help me to see myself that's the humility from yesterday's podcast. You know, help me to see 
myself and the world as you see them. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, a number of years ago, I read a book by uh, a Jewish rabbi named Abraham Heschel, Abraham Heschel. He's great, by the way, uh, if you ever get a chance. And he says that uh, the Sabbath, the Lord's Day, is uh, the consecration or the sacredness of not just space, but time. Like God has made time holy. Um, just as he has made space holy with his presence, he's made time holy with the Sabbath. And I think that's really beautiful. Today, today is a holy day. So, anyways. It's holy. I'm looking forward to Sunday Mass. Awesome. Father Matt, would you close us out in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, source of all blessing, you who know all things and hold all things in your power and time, Lord, we thank you for the gift of our lives and even more so the gift of our baptisms by which we have come into relationship with you. Lord, help us to be filled with awe this day at that gift you're giving us and the enlightenment you're continuing to uh, reveal. Uh, we give you permission to show us and help us to see what it is you wish us to see this day. Help us to see our children, our families as you see them. And uh, Lord, we thank you for those gifts, um, those people who belong to you but are entrusted to us for this time. Uh, guide us this day that we might make the most of it and be recreated. Father, we ask all this through, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In Father, Son, Son Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great. Well, until next time, and one last recommendation because it's Sunday, eat ice cream. If you got it. If you got it. <laughs> yeah, if the grocery store still has it. All right. God bless you guys. Take care.